Hello, Rachel here with a brief, I guess a public service announcement and errata to explain something about the episode that you are about to hear. And if you listen to all of these episodes where we discuss the play scene by scene, you're going to hear this message multiple times. And I apologize for that to. This important information is that there is a method that my co-hosts and I discuss called Original Practice Shakespeare that we have since learned was not original practice to Shakespeare at all. There is zero evidence to suggest that Shakespeare's actors did not rehearse their plays. There is zero evidence to suggest that they always faced the audience at all times. In fact, we know that to be patently false. So I go into this in more depth in the episode of the podcast under that title about what is original practice and Shakespeare and early modern rehearsal and play production methods. Approach, Sir Andrew. Not to be a bed after midnight is to be up betimes and... Deliculio Cesare. Thou knowest. Nay, <laughs> my troth, I know not. But I know to be up late is to be up late. A false conclusion. I hate it as an unfilled can. To be up after midnight and to go to bed then is. early. So that to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Does not our life consist of the four elements? Faith, so they say. But I think it rather consists of eating and drinking. Thou art a scholar. Let us therefore eat and drink. Marion, I say, the stupid wine. <gasps> Here comes the fool of faith. <laughs> How now, my hearts? Did you never see the picture of we three? Welcome, ass. Now let's have a catch. Uh, By my troth, the fool has an excellent breast. Eh? I had rather than 40 shillings, I had such a leg. <laughs> and so sweet a breath to sing as the fool has. In sooth, thou wast in very gracious fooling last night when thou spokest of uh, the, the, the pigorotinus mm-hmm. of the night uh, of the Vapians, passing the equinoctial of Primus. Twas very good of me. I sent thee sixpence for thy layman, Hastiff. I did in petticoats thy gratility, for Malvolio's nose is no whipstock. My lady has a white hand, and the Myrmidons are no bottle ale houses. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Why, this is the best fooling when all is done. Now, a song. Uh, come on. There's a sixpence for you. Let's have a song. There's a testule of me too. If one night give a... Would you have a love song or a song of good life? A love song. A love song. Aye, aye. I I care not for good life. Oh, mistress mine, where are you roaming? Uh, Oh, stay and hear your true love's calling. That can sing both high and low. Trip no further, pretty sweeting. Journeys end in lovers' meeting. Every wise man's son doth know. 
Excellent. Good, faith. Good. Good. What is love? Tis not hereafter. Present mirth hath present laughter. What's to come is still unsure. In delay there lies no plenty. Then come kiss me, sweet and twenty. Use the stuff will not endure. A mellifluous voice as I am true knight. A contagious breath. A very sweet and contagious effect. To hear by the nose, it is dulcet and contagion. Shall we make the welkin dance indeed? Shall we rouse the night? Uh, and uh, catch in that will draw three souls out of one weaver? Shall we do that? Ah. <laughs> you love me, let's do it. I am dog at a catch. By your lady, sir, and some dogs will catch well. Most certain. Let our catch be... Thou knave. Hold thy peace, thou knave knight. I, I shall be constrained in it to call thee knave knight. <laughs> <laughs> Tis not the first time I have constrained one to call me knave. Begin, fool. It begins, hold thy peace. Uh, I shall never begin if I hold my peace. <laughs> no. Come, begin. Hold thy peace. What a caterwauling do you keep here? If my lady have not called up her steward Malvolio and bid him turn you out of doors, never trust me. Uh, my lady's a Kachayan. We are politicians. Uh, Malvolio's uh, a peg of Ramsey. Uh, three merry men be we. Uh, Am not I Ken Sanguinius? Am I not of her blood? Uh, Silly valley lady. <laughs> there dwells a man in Babylon. Beshrew me, the knight's in admirable fooling. Uh, he does well enough if he be disposed, and so do I too. He does it with a better grace, but I do it more natural. For the love of God, peace! My masters, are you mad? <laughs> or what are you? Have ye no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like tinkerers? <laughs> At this time of night, do you make an alehouse of my lady's house? <laughs> That ye squeak out your codger's catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place, persons, nor time in you? We did keep time, ah. sir. In our catches. <laughs> sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you that though she harbors you as her kinsman, she's nothing allied to your disorders. If you can separate yourself and your misdemeanors, you are welcome to the house. If not, and it would please you to take leave of her, she is very willing to bid you farewell. Farewell, dear since I must needs be gone. Hey, good Sir Toby. His eyes do show his days are almost gone. Is it even so? But I will never die. Sir Toby, there you lie. This is much credit to you. 
Uh, shall I bid him go? What and if you do? Shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare not. Out of tune, sir. You lie. Art any more than a steward? <laughs> Dost thou think because thou art virtuous, there shall be no more cakes and ale? Yes, by Saint Anne, and ginger shall be hot in the mouth. Doubt the right. Oh, go, sir, rub your chain with crumbs. A stoop of wine, Mary. Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favor at any thing more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it by this hand. Go shake your ears. <laughs> Twere as good as deed as to drink when a man's hungry, to challenge him the field, and then to break promise with him and make a fool of him. Do it, knight. I'll write thee a challenge, or I'll deliver thy indignation to him by word of mouth. Sweet Sir Toby, be patient for tonight. Since the youth of the counts was today with the lady, she is much out of quiet. For Monsieur Malvolio, let me alone with him. If I do not gull him into a nay-word and make him a common recreation, do not think I have wit enough to lie straight in my bed. I know I can do it. Possess us. Possess us. Tell us something of him. Mary, sir, sometimes he is a kind of puritan. <sighs> If I thought that, I'd beat him like a dog. What, for being a Puritan? That exquisite reason, dear knight. I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason. Good enough. The devil a Puritan that he is, or anything constantly, but a time-pleaser, an affectioned ass that cons state without book and utters it by great swarths the best persuaded of himself, so crammed as he thinks with excellencies that it is his grounds of faith that all that look on him love him, and on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. What wilt thou do? I will drop in his way some obscure epistles of love, wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. I can write very like my lady your niece. On a forgotten matter, we can hardly make distinction of our hands. Excellent. I smell a device. I have it in my nose, too. He should think by the letters that thou wilt drop that I come from my niece and that she's in love with him. My purpose is indeed a horse of that color. And your horse now would make him an ass. Ass, I doubt not. It <laughs> will be admirable. Sport royal, I warrant you. I know my physic will work with him. I will plant you two and let the fool make a third where he shall find the letter. Observe his construction of it. For this night, to bed and dream on the event. Farewell. Good night, Penthesilea. Oh, before me, she's a good wench. She's a beagle. 
True bread and one that adores me. What of that? <laughs> I was adored once, too. That's the bed night. So, thou hadst need send for uh, more money. If I cannot recover your niece, I am a foul way out. Send for money, knight. If thou cast her not in the end, call me cut. If I do not, never trust me. Take it how you will. Come, come. I'll burn some sack. Tis too late uh, to go to bed now. Come, knight. Come, knight. everyone and welcome to Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare Commentary. And with me I have my co-hosts as always, Bridget Riley Bushop and John Bean. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Salutations. Welcome listeners. And today we're talking about Act Two, Scene Three, also known as the Kitchen Scene. And <laughs> how about, uh, well, let's see, I, I, I always, I make the mistake of going into the commentary before we just talk about what the heck happens. So um, what happens here is uh, Toby and Andrew Aguecheek have had a bit to drink and they'd like some more to drink. And so they go into the kitchen where the alcohol and the food is and decide to have a bit of a nosh. Uh, Festy is close on their heels because uh, the drunker they get, the more money they give him. And so it's definitely in his financial best interest to be hanging out with these two rich, drunk dudes. Mm -hmm. um, so they sing, they get real loud. It's the middle of the night. Mariah shows up. What are you people doing? What is this racket? And then they get silly with her because they're drunk. And uh, she warns them that Malvolio could come in and start uh, making trouble. Sure enough, Malvolio shows up and gets very high and mighty and ends up threatening Mariah and Festy with being turned out. Basically, they would be fired and put out into the very cold winter and left to fend for themselves. Now, one assumes that Festy could maybe go to Orsino's, but we don't know if Orsino would necessarily pay him to be there. And this, this is his home. And we don't know what would become of Mariah. And, of course, in the process, Malvolio is extremely insulting to Toby. To the point where Toby's often in in many productions about ready to slug him. Malvolio marches off, and Mariah says, "Don't don't get upset. Don't do anything rash. I've got a plan." And her plan involves, as always, <laughs> at, <laughs> a letter. <laughs> a letter and she she does spell it out here doesn't she pretty clearly yes 
as, as Sir Toby says, he shall think by the letters that thou wilt drop, that they come from my niece, and that she's in love with him. And this sets up this whole major third plot stream that weaves throughout the rest of the play. Um, and then they, they all go off to their assorted <laughs> chosen activities. Uh, Toby and Andrew go off to drink some more. And I'm guessing Mariah tries to get some more sleep. Mm. And Malvolio does whatever Malvolio does. So, <laughs> um, when, when you are staging this scene, how much of it is in the blocking? How much of it is in the physical activity in the scene? How do you play... Um, you know, Toby is now not an, a notable drunk. He's just another drunk in a room full of drunks mm -hmm. at this point. Um, Festy is acting a little drunk, but either he's the kind of drunk that it just puts them more in control or he's just possibly playing along. What, what do you two think? Well, yeah, Toby's really an engine. He's, he he really does have a lot of the uh, uh, puts a lot of gas in the thing. Uh, you know, one of the fun parts for this is the differences in in at least in the first part of it uh, in Eggy Cheek and Toby's um, revelry and merry merry making, and specifically like the status and manipulation that's going on with them. And I know you love this scene. This is your scene. You're all about this. Scene. I mean, this scene is heavy with history, a huge amount of like, uh, you know, literary references, historical references. But I got to say, out of all the scenes in the play, for me personally, this is one that's it's um, it's always rough, you know, both as a viewer and then as um, uh, someone creating the scene. It's, you know, you've got it's one of those great scenes filled with malapropisms, which Shakespeare is just. You know, he never saw a pun or, or a melopropism <laughs> or a, a third iteration of a declension of a joke that he didn't just want to roll all in like my dog in the mud. You know? <laughs> and this this is really one of those scenes he gets really into that. And then the second half, we get that good old exposition of the going of Malvolio for pages. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's so those two facts of the scene in my opinion, create a huge physical need. So I think that, you know, mm -hmm. I, t I tend to really stoke the fire physically in this one. I, I, you know, I'm not saying go all the way to Pratt Falls and, and that kind of <laughs> thing, but um, I tend to move the action outside, you know, uh, to like, uh, um, give myself some room, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, go nuts a little bit uh, just because there's just so much, there's a lot of information, but it's, it's again, yeah, it's, it's can, it can get, it can get a, a bit literary and a bit heavy, you know, mm. otherwise with the info, there's not like a, he cuts off his head out and heck it <laughs> and, you know, storm the gate. There's none of that in this one, you know, it's all, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Bridget? Well, you know, again, we don't, 
do blocking. Uh, it's, right. it's all actor's choice in, in original practices, but um, the actors very much um, went over the top with a lot of the physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our Sir Toby uh, actually is not a large gentleman. He's tall, but he's very thin. So he gave himself this ridiculous padded out tummy um on his skinny frame which was very funny and i have this one picture that is possibly my favorite picture ever of anything we've ever done and i just caught it on the fly of him like like throwing himself into this back bend with a tankard of ale and this giant <laughs> belly and it's just it like so perfectly encapsulates his to- sir toby for me because there's just this absolute um uh, joy de vivre and, and um, you know, just completely being in the moment. But I totally agree with John. If you don't keep the scene moving, if you don't have actors who are going to, who are going to be continually working the stage and working the audience, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the physicality is part of it. And as much as I do love the the literary stuff and the history, which we will get into, um, <laughs> I I feel like that stuff, it's really, it's a very dynamic stuff that they're saying. And if you do not act it out, practically as if you were pantomiming it, mm-hmm. then nobody's going to get it. It's not going to make any sense. And you have to punctuate with the physicality of it because otherwise yeah. there's just no context for it. You know, you have to have Malvolio be in his absolute most uptight ramrod straight you know looking down his nose physicality you have to have mariah at her most charming and also at her most decisive like it, it it's an incredible line for her to walk because we don't want mariah kind of pushed to the sidelines as if she was just a pretty flower standing there mm-hmm. But on the other hand, she's the voice of reason. And how does one physically embodify the voice of reason in an entertaining way? I think that's, that's probably the challenge for Mariah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Toby and Festy and Aggie Cheek, I mean, they're just all of us at college with too much to drink. That's so much fun, so, so comfortable to do. But it, I think it runs the risk of making the audience feel like they're left out of a party mm. that those characters exactly right. are yeah. enjoying. And so it, again, there is a fine line. And to be honest, I have seen most actors find that balance. Mm. Like they, they do seem to understand it, but on the other hand, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of situations where that doesn't, come through you know people get a little carried away the director maybe doesn't quite understand the more subtle social dynamics of the scene and i think it it can be produced very to be very boring and tedious and you're left at the end going well okay they all had fun but i didn't well there's that melancholy Mm -hmm. sense that that goes through Mm -hmm. it too you know you get that like It's, it's got that too much drinking feel to it. And then you get, mm. you know, uh, Festy coming in and then we get the song and and all that, which it's an important moment in that regard that it's our first interaction with him musically. Um, mm-hmm. And I always hate that it's it's kind of that somber, melancholy um, 
Festy, just from my personal taste, you know, I mean, cause uh-huh. it, like, I think you're, you're right in saying that it's a balance, you know, the movie, you know, that wonderful movie with uh, Kingsley, um, I think kind of tipped over into this kind of melancholy mm. and the too much wine and the too much sack and all of this kind mm. of thing. Um, and I've been there and I'm sure, you know, a lot of <laughs> our listeners have been there where it's, yeah. you know, not quite the morning after, but it's just about, right. And, there is that quality to this scene, but, um, and at the same time, it's weird because I'm also not a huge proponent of, of this sort of, uh, uh, sign language to the audience through physical, um, interpretation of it. So like, you know, um, if you cup and then you fill and with set, you know, and, and kind of doing that for the audience, I'm not a huge, I think you're right. I think that's a huge assist and it works most of the time. It's just like personally for me, I can't turn my brain off. And so I, I always, I'm always uh, trying to understand why they're signing, you know, to each other. Uh, and mm. well, I end up feeling it. <laughs> this is my personal challenge. I end up feeling it with completely circumstantial. There's a pool. Someone's getting wet. That's not in the script. You know what I mean? Or, you know, things fall or, you know what I mean? Mm. That are just totally not there. So I end up totally creating all these other traps <laughs> for myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid those. <laughs> well, I think I think the melancholy song, and just again, just my opinion. I think that's meant to be funny. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, like I, I think it it's meant to be like you know, like you go to a birthday party and start singing about death. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you we know? get that you know from from them you know afterwards. The, you know, I always go to like what they. So, and it, it would work completely as a, uh, what do you call that? An, an, you know, they mean the opposite of what they're saying. Uh, mm. it, a mellifluous voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he says, we get that kind of like, oh, vibe, you know, to the language afterwards and that kind of thing. Which is, and it's, but, yeah. uh, oh, Mistress Mine, uh, you know, classic mm-hmm. song. And there's a bunch mm-hmm. of different uh, takes on this song. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, for my daughter. So I, I, I always, uh, I always like to inject a little gravura mm, and a little, just a little something in there when he's doing that. Make it. Uh, yeah, I, I just assume he's trolling them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It, it, it you know, he's better. just he's pointing out that, and he's trying to get more money out of them, right? He's. He's saying, "Hey, life is short. Give me money." <laughs> you know, it's like you want your pleasures. You want to indulge in your pleasures. I'm one of those pleasures. Uh, you know, go ahead and give me money. Kiss the girl. Uh, it's consensual, obviously, and uh, you know, I- enjoy your life. Okay, well, let's. I, I want to go through because um, there, there's actually there's a lot of language in here. And I've read um, books and things on the internet talking about some of the phrases in here where they say it's nonsense and it's not nonsense. Nothing Festy ever says is nonsense. So um, would you give us that first line? I'm sorry, right at approach. Approach, Sir Andrew. Not to be a bed after midnight is to be up at times. And Deliculo Sergere, thou knowest. Okay. <laughs> did I say that right? You did, you said it perfectly, um, because it's a dead language and we don't know how it's Perfect. pronounced. So. I think it's lovely. <laughs> you did it just right. Um, 
So he's postulating, he's actually like using his education here, Toby is, and his understanding of rhetoric. And he's basically, uh, he's positing a, a hypothesis. He's saying, uh, not to be a bed midnight is to be up betimes. And so uh, it goes it goes on. And when he's saying uh, de l'oculo surgere, uh, I believe, and I may have to come in and edit this later, but that means it follows from. Um, therefore, uh, and then Sir Andrew says, name I troth, I know not, but I know to be up late is to be up late. Just a marvel of straight thinking there. <laughs> And then what does Toby say? False conclusion. I hate it is an unfilled can. To be up after midnight and to go to bed then is early, so that to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Does not our life consist of the four elements? Okay, so there's so much in there. So basically he's saying that What's the point of going to bed now? We're already up this late. If we just stay up late, then nobody can be mad at us for not going to bed on time because we were up early. <laughs> it's a win-win. We should drink some more. And when he talks about an unfilled can, he's saying that his tankard is empty of, yeah. of beverages. Uh, and then he kind of pivots says, does not our life consist of the four elements? And this is kind of a running joke through this play where they bring up the elements and then somebody says, oh, but that's overworn. So in this case, he's talking about the four elements, air, fire, earth, and water. And people back then, they did not think of the elements the way we think of chemical elements. If you think of it more as four states of being, so there's liquid, there's gaseous, there's solid, and there's plasma. And when you look at it that way, it's, it's really pretty accurate. Where they went a little off the rails, in a sense, was when they started using it medically and assigning humors to it. And yeah, you can say that somebody is too phlegmatic they they have too much water in their system so you know if you have edema if you if you have other issues like that then that's in a sense a very accurate diagnosis but we'll go on from there that's right dear listeners phlegmatic and edema <laughs> we'll just say some more words like moist and then we'll just Bam. lose all our listeners right away uh, Bridget, would you give us the next line? Faith, so they say, but I think it rather consists of eating and drinking. Thou art a scholar. Let us therefore eat and drink. Mary and I say a strap of wine. All right. So even Toby admits that, that in this moment, Aggie Cheek is the smartest guy in the room. But there's only two of them there right now, so that's kind of a low bar. Hmm. Then Festy walks in. Well, and remember, he's going for the, the money the whole time. So, you know, he's oh, the smartest, yes. he's the handsomest, he's the prettiest. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Excellent point. He's a smooth, smooth talker, that Toby. You are so right. Hmm. So he can call Aggie Cheek smart and still feel like he's the smartest guy in the room. Hmm. And Festy says, how now, my hearts, did you never see the picture of we three? 
So that's a reference to a painting where there are two people wearing the typical fool's cap, which is like donkey's ears with bells on the end. That's what it's supposed to look like. Mm. And to make yourself look extra foolish, you could have three donkey ears. That's just how foolish you were. And so that's where that sort of try, um, I don't want to call it a corner, I don't know, that kind of floppy jester hat mm -hmm. comes from with the three things coming down with the bells. And the painting refers to a famous painting where it's two people either painted with actual ass's ears or with one of those hats on, and they've got their arms around each other, and they're looking out at the viewer, and they say, we three. And it's supposed to imply that you, the viewer, are one of the fools. Oh, it's great. And so, I, I mean, it's fascinating from an art historian perspective that they're breaking the fourth wall or the, the only wall through this painting. Mm. And Toby responds to this by saying, welcome ass, because he's referring to the painting too. Yeah. <laughs> he's saying, yeah, I'm an ass, you're an ass, we're all asses here. And you know, in, in the production that I did, I had Festy put his arms around Toby and Aggie Cheek as we three uh, to give the give that kind of impression that they were all fools together. And if we think back to the scene where Olivia asks Festy, what is a drunken man? And Festy says, a madman, a fool and a drowned man. And so he's bringing that sensibility to the situation too. And he's letting the viewers know that in this scene, everyone is breaking taboos. All these people are all fools together. They're honorary fools in this scene. And drink has made them this way. And it lets you know because they're obviously having too much fun and it can't possibly last. Three fools is probably too, too many. <laughs> So then he says, uh, welcome, ass. Now let's have a catch. A catch is a song, a catchy song. Well, and it's, um, uh, if I may, we, I've had, every time I've done this show, I've had amazing musical directors. And um, so, and like I said, I tend to go for opera, but the catch is a specific device um, where you begin a phrase and the end of that part of the phrase begins the next phrase and then mm -hmm. so on and they build off of each other and then as the kind of row 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 your boat thing starts happening and they're finishing each other's phrase a new phrase comes to the foreground out of the stressed words in the phrase mm -hmm. it's this complex lovely lovely thing and if you have a brilliant musical director like i did um you can get some pretty hysterical results from it but it's, it's incredibly complex, and uh, I would never have been able to do it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like uh, row, row, row your boat, right? It's, it's or, exactly like row, row, yeah, row, row your boat. Where everybody starts slightly different, and it, um, it all layers. And uh, when they get into let – me, let me get the exact phrase here. When they get into the – On the catch, she says, come, let's have a, a piece down nave. What is it? Uh, let's see here. Um, Hold thy peace, thou nave. That, that's it. And um, mm -hmm. so what we did with that, um, so it's a, 
you, you begin with the phrase, and then this is probably the most insane part of rehearsal. So it's, hold thy peace, thou knave. And then that's all we've got. And so we would come mm -hmm. in with the, uh, create the second part. This is where my music director was brilliant because he tweaked it so that it would result in, hold thy peace, thou knave, my mightier blood and bone will save thee. And so it began this whole thing with the different emphasis, my mightier blood and bone and bone mm -hmm. and bone. And then it ended up being hold my boner nave by the time they were all dancing <laughs> around. And uh -huh, it, it uh -huh. was a total mo it stopped the show. Wow. We had mm -hmm. the audience and you know what I mean? <laughs> really that sounds get three amazing. Opera singers to, you know, hit it at the right time. But that mm -hmm. was a great uh, music director. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay, but back, back here, uh, Andrew's saying, by my troth, the fool has an excellent breast, mm. and uh, it leaves people thinking, oh, he's, he's kind of got the eye for Festy, and why not? Had rather than 40 shillings, I had such a leg, and so sweet a breath to sing as the fool has. In sooth, thou wast in very gracious fooling last night when thou spokest of pigrogrotomus of the Vapians passing the equinoctical of quibus quibus <laughs> was very good so that's all astrological talk is what that is he's he made some joke about astrology but i think honestly that the words and the letters just sound really interesting from a poetic standpoint you get all those p's and g's and and q's in there and they're all kind of not quite words they're like mostly words you know and the fool picks up on mm -hmm. that and kind of makes fun of it you know like but they are real words i mean they were real words they're just latin or greek they're not they're not english yes, the they're real words. equinoctial of quibus mm -hmm. the equinoctial so it, talking about uh, crossing the the equinox mm. Um, so all those words do mean something. And then he sent uh, sixpence for thy leman. Um, that kind of implies that Festy has an assistant. Hatstick. And then saying, did you get it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Festy says, I did impeticos thy gratility, which means he put the money in his pocket. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like... <laughs> It's, it's also still got that play on words. It's that combination mm -hmm. of that old stuff. And then, because, you know, I appreciated the tip. I thank you for the gratuity. I, I did a mm -hmm. pedicost that gratuity. You know, mm -hmm. if we're going to be verbose weirdos about this. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's definitely <laughs> matching that. And, you know, it, it's kind of impressive that Aggie Cheek is able to say all that as drunk as they are. And I think it gives the actor a lot of room to play just in that line. Such a funny part. And then uh, he says, Malvolio's nose is no whipstock. My lady has a white hand and the Myrmidons are no bottle ale houses. And this is one of my very favorite lines because it's so nerdy. So <laughs> hmm. um, Malvolio's nose is no whipstock, uh, meaning that Malvolio doesn't pay him. Uh, his lady has a white hand. She's too clean to handle money. Hmm. And the Myrmidons are no bottle ale houses. So the Myrmidons were an ancient Greek warrior tribe, and they got turned into ants. And the Elizabethans believed that ants 
fermented beer, that they made beer. And it's kind of true. They actually do ferment grain. I think that turned into ants. I'm Googling. Everyone get your Googler out. <laughs> she having fun with us. <laughs> There's a statue so in you got to understand, of... in ancient Greece, there was a Starbucks. <laughs> and what happened was, I would totally buy There's it. A... I would totally be like, okay, that's it. We're doing, this is Venti Shakespeare. We're doing it right now. Just saw a statue where, so, where in Greece, where they, the, it's a giant ant with a, shield and a sword awesome. um, yeah mm -hmm. it's standard greek mythology and so what he's saying is that the ants are not giving him any beer even though everybody knows that the ants make beer hmm. Hmm. no bottle ale houses no matter how thirsty you get and aggie cheek says excellent because he gets all the jokes <laughs> unlike us we need it explained to us Excellent. Why, this is the best fooling when all is done. Now a song. And Toby gives him some money. Um, Aggie Cheek gives him a little more money. And then Festy says, do you want a love song or a song of good life? A love song. Toby, love asks, song. Toby asks for a love song. <laughs> and Aggie Cheek says, eh, I don't care about a good life. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't need yeah. to give some good Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone can see what a badass I am. <laughs> and everything just gets so important when you've had a few drinks in you, doesn't it? You know, like, just, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, let's, yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Very, very true. And so Festy plays them a love song to remind them how old they're getting. Hmm. And so we, we talked, <clears throat> excuse me. So we talked about a little bit about this earlier. And then uh, he finishes, use the stuff will not endure. And I had my actors crying at the end of this. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sort of a big thematic moment, you know? I mean, this mm -hmm. this kind of, you know, a mistress mind. And it's got that lilt. I mean, for, for us, we used it, you know, the C was a big influence musically for us in, uh, mm -hmm. in pretty much in every production I've, put together on it and there's that quality in this above the others um in terms of the songs that Festy sings uh, for me that you know it's got da, 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 it's a lilting kind of a you know that thing. Mm -hmm. and it depends on how which version of it you take you know uh, there's there's the classic folksy you know and, and all that but um it does speak to the importance of love and the idea of time, which are two huge, uh, huge things mm -hmm. for us here in Twelfth Night. Absolutely, yeah. I I think there's a reason why we still have the lyrics today, four hundred years later, when we don't always get the lyrics to some of the songs in Shakespeare's mm -hmm. plays. Mm -hmm. It, I think you're right in that those lyrics directly speak to the themes in the play. All right, and so then Aguchi gives his review, a, a mellifluous voice, as I am a true knight. And that just means he's got a pretty voice, but he's got to use, you know, the, the big impressive word. And then Sir Toby Belch says, a contagious breath. Mm. <laughs> Which... And then Aggie Cheek turns in a very sweet and contagious. You know, he's trying to make it into a, 
you know, a positive thing again. He's real sweet on Festy right now. He's at that that drunk I love you man stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really kind yeah. of permeating here too. Mm-hmm. Like, in, you know, between uh, Toby and Aggie Cheek, this for me is a very sweet as well as diabolical scene for the two of them. But it really does have that brotherly kind of build between them or father-son, depending on, on how you're playing it age-wise. And then with mm-hmm. the fool in is this kind of wonderful third for them. Uh, all kind of building into this sweet, self-important, silly cloud of drunken, deflating love that's about to get pierced, you know, with uh, uh, some wonderful uh, Mariah energy. Then Toby starts talking about hearing by the nose, and he's just, you know, he's talking about synesthesia, and he's talking about the way that things smell, how that affects the way other things may sound, and he's saying that Festy has alcohol on his breath, (laughs) (laughs) and that Yep, dulcet, dulcet and contagion. Again, you know, beautiful, melodious. But shall we make the welkin dance? So the welkin are the stars above. Shall we rise? Shall we rouse the night owl in a catch? And again, he's warn. He's reminding us that it's very late at night, and that they are indeed about to rouse a night owl. That will draw three souls out of one weaver. Shall we do that? It, it, so getting cute. very philosophical. Well, it, like we're always going to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be us forever. <laughs> very true. <laughs> and Andrew falls for it completely. And you love me. Let's do it. I am a dog at a catch. He made a joke. <laughs> And then Festy, you know, by her lady, sir, and some dogs will catch well. He's managing to call Aggie Cheek a dog and flatter him at the same time. And that's why he makes the big money. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aggie Cheek goes on. Um, uh, more fooling back and forth. Uh, begin fool. It begins hold thy peace. And Festy, I shall never begin if I hold my peace, no. which, you know, and we know what peace is, right, John? Oh, wait, That's- I knew you did. <laughs> I knew you did. <laughs> so, honestly, you know, it, in with an adult audience, if Festy goes to grab their crotch at that point, it's totally appropriate. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, he's he's making a bunch of wonderful puns there one is hold my peace he can't begin if he doesn't speak because yeah. holding your peace means to speak he's also saying well if i sit here and wank off i'm going to be distracted I'm not gonna be <laughs> you, you you see aggie cheek uh, costume with a, a cod piece a lot yes yeah. <laughs> yes well and in our production it was an all-female cast and some of them were in drag. And so we had cod pieces galore. Nice. Everybody got a cod piece who wanted a cod piece. <laughs> and you know what? Everybody wanted a cod piece. <laughs> but it was especially helpful for Viola's transition to Cesario. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. even though, you know, 
like there's lots of different ways to be a eunuch. I'm not going to get into that because it's gruesome and terrible, but you can still have a penis and be a eunuch. So, um, and it was just a fashion. Certainly not during Elizabethan times. I want to be very clear. This would have been in Tudor times when Henry VIII was in power. By the time Elizabeth came around, suddenly uh, proving that you were more important than everybody else because your codpiece was bigger was no longer as politically a safe move <laughs> <laughs> as it used to be. So that fashion died out. Um, okay. And so then they start singing, and then uh, Mariah comes in. What a caterwauling, blah, blah, blah. She's not called up her steward, Malvolio. Well, and real quick with the uh, catch, yeah. if I could just interject real mm -hmm. real fast here. Uh, another fantastic example of Shakespeare's, of uh, one of those, and a giant war happens. Go. <laughs> you know, uh, kind, of, kind of moments. Gives you all the lyrics for the, the you know, uh, you know, Mistress Mind song, the little, you know, fairy tale song there, just in and out, lullaby style. But the catch, mm -hmm. where y'all gonna have to be singing and pitching and jumping around and blah, blah, blah. We're just gonna <laughs> say catch song and peace out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, maybe there were just so many that. And probably uh, everyone knew it. It was, it probably was Row Row Your Boat. Or, or there were just so many. And so it was up to the cast to. Like imagine, you know, you're doing a production and back in the days before the lawyers were in charge of our culture and you could just pull a song from pop music and throw it into your community theater production. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine that a lot of traveling troops would just take whatever song was popular that the audience knew. They're not going to take something maybe in the next town over like their, their rousing fight song, right? They're going to pick something possibly local yeah. so I, I suspect that 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 may be it so here we get a a bit of racism in this next line where toby belch says my lady's a katayan and that's a word for chinese and so that brings with it whatever the elizabethan ideas were about Chinese people. And he's basically saying, you know, she's, she's a completely different culture. She may as well be from the other side of the world with the way she is behaving right now. And I suspect can't prove it, but the way I've interpreted this is that because her uh, her turning away the company of men and and refusing to marry, all of that is just so foreign. And then he says, "We are politicians." Well, hard to argue there. <laughs> Malvolio's a pig, a Ramsey, basically means a jerk. And three merry men be we. And again, we'll all be friends forever, as you so so beautifully put it john then he says am not i consanguineous which means do we not share the same blood as he then explains am i not of her blood tilly valley lady and then he starts singing festy's like oh man i'm out of a job the night's an admirable fooling 
And then Anki Cheek makes a joke here with, says, oh, he does well enough if he be disposed, and so do I too. He does it with a better grace, but I do it more natural. And what that means is that a natural fool was somebody who had an intellectual disability. Somebody who was not able to care for themselves. And there were two kinds of fools. There was the allowed fool and there was the natural fool. And you might see both in a court or in a town. And so Aguchik is saying, yeah, you know, he can be really silly and entertaining, but I am a complete and utter uh, nincompoop mm -hmm. and incapable of thinking or fending for myself, but aren't I funny? And boy, do I know that feeling because <laughs> I have said jokes that made me look equally ridiculous. Mm. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, Toby starts singing some more and poor Mariah is like, oh, for the love of God, peace. And who among us cannot just identify with Mariah in that moment? Like the kids have been up. You had a slumber party. It's now 2 a.m. They're jumping on the beds and singing show tunes. Go to bed. <laughs> just shut, shut the hell up, kids. Uh, and then we get Malvolio's wonderful entrance. Uh Bridget, would you like to read that? Sure. My masters, are you mad? Or what are you? Have you no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like tinkers at this time of night? Do ye make an alehouse of my lady's house that ye squeak out your cosier's catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place, persons, nor time in you? <laughs> it's such a good line. <laughs> well, is there anything like, I, I mean, it's so ripe for like physical bits for Festy to be doing, you know, rabbit ears behind mm -hmm. him or, um, you know, mouthing the words, you know, a la Chevy Chase I mean, there's just so much you can do with that physically, because we almost don't have to hear what Malvolio is saying. Like, we know what he's saying. Uh, yeah. You know, he could be speaking a completely different language, and we would totally get what he was trying well, to and say. And we get, you know, this idea of, uh, you know, you talked about earlier where the sounds of things are so important. And that mm -hmm. is so incredibly true here. And we're, <clears throat> pardon me, just immediately um, in tune with what Malvolio is about, with that, you know, all, all of the alliteration here um, and the choice of words, the, uh, the word against the word choices that he uses. <laughs> um, Places, persons, cosiers, catches, mitigates all of these wonderful percussive, mm -hmm. non-affectionate, non-carousing, patrician, <laughs> mm -hmm. patriarchal sounds, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, you know, Toby catches that last word like you would in a catch mm. and turns it on him and makes a joke about catches. He makes a catch joke about catches. <laughs> oh my God, Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. And uh, we did keep time, sir, in our catches. Snack up. Snack up. 
I love that. I use that online all the time, and I want everyone else to use snack up all the time. Basically, it means like catch up, uh, pay attention, that's old news. And then uh, let's see, would you give us Malvolio's next line, Bridget, please? Sure. Sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade tell you, bade me, let me try that again. (laughs) Sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you. Dick line, by the way. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but what a dick line. I know. Round round with you. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? I'm offended. He's Toby. already. He, uh, no, I agree. He is making. He's making a joke at Toby's expense about Toby's physical shape, but it, it's also true that we we would love to see Malvolio get round with Toby. Like it would be fantastic if Malvolio would loosen up and drink some and not worry so much. Um, <laughs> but that's not what he means by it at all. What what he means by it is. Uh, direct and blunt and i'm going to tell you something that you don't want to hear (laughs) okay keep going please Bridget. my lady bade me tell you that though she harbors you as her kinsman she's nothing allied to your disorders if you can separate yourself and your misdemeanors you are welcome to the house if not and it would please you to take leave of her. She is very willing to bid you farewell. <laughs> That's great. You're going to do that wrong. <laughs> She's a very good actor. Superciliousness is definitely in my wheelhouse. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you did a beautiful job there. But, and again... Um, she harbors you. So here we get back to that nautical theme. And it's an implied threat. You could be cast out. Well, and, like, and another example of, uh, you know, just as earlier in the street with Viola or with Cesario Viola, um, he, she didn't say all this. Mm-hmm. She didn't say all that to no. Viola. You know what I mean? He's really, no, he's lying. <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. He's lying. And I think that's really important to play up as much as you can. Because, and, and the, the only way that I could see to do that is to have the other actors just act like that was the dumbest thing they'd ever heard, that, that there was no way that that was true. Because if you don't set Matt Volio up as a complete liar here, mm-hmm then it's really hard to justify why Mariah is so mad mm-hmm. because not only has he threatened to turn her out, but he's lying about what their mistress mm-hmm. wants, what their mistress said. And that is a sin against God, mm-hmm. plain and simple, and is enough that if she went to yeah. Olivia. <laughs> That's what we think about lying. <laughs> Guys, a picture just fell off my wall. A painting just fell. For those of you that weren't. <laughs> oh my goodness! This, this bodes well over here. Yeah, yeah. No, no so. bad omens happening things at all are going over here. Well for you today. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> um. Like lying. Yeah. Yes. 
Anne, it would please you to take leave of her. She is very willing to bid you farewell. Okay, so we've established that he's a jerk. He's lying. He's threatening to turn them out in the cold. He's earlier had insulted Festy to the point of being willing to insult Olivia in the process. Uh, he's just doing all these things. Now, to us living in the 21st century, nothing Malvolio has done is really that terrible. Yeah, it's like brother being, sister stuff, like talking about kind mom, of a jerk. mom said you're you know? gonna she's you're not really you're adopted, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or like if you've ever had, you know, I'm sure we all have like a really kind of petty supervisor that just was always in your face, micromanaging. Middle management, kind of a jerk. middle management. Middle management. And you're like, oh, man, I've had to deal with I don't know how many Malvolios in my life, but I don't know if I would frame them for insanity. Like, I don't know if I would take it that far. Mm. And I feel like we really need to convey to modern audiences why what he's saying is so terrible. And I think that people may be able to understand that more when we think about social media and how badly one troll mm. can destroy a functioning form or group or how one person can target somebody you know, online and make their life hell. You know, these kinds of harassment are serious. And when you're talking about affecting somebody's livelihood, affecting somebody's physical safety, and when you're talking about breaking your sacred trust to serve your employer, to serve your lady, then these things were very serious for the Elizabeth. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And she, you know, he always goes right to, uh, we'll kick you out into the snow right now. You don't have to stay here. It's never like, no middle. warning number one. It's it's always straight to just kicking you out into the cold, tempest dark, you know? You know, and I hate to say this, but when I was a teenager, that's how my dad was. Um, you know, anything that went wrong, Anything that me or my step siblings did, well, I'm gonna kick were you, you out Toby of the house. Were you Toby when you were a teenager? Oh, I was Mariah. Honey. You were Mariah. Were you Mariah? And Festy. And Festy. I was Festy. Let's be real. I was Festy. But um, some people do go to that. Like, there's no middle ground. There's no uh, let's work this out. <laughs> there's my way or the highway, literally. And my father was not alone in his response to teenage rebellion in that situation. I, you know, I don't think that that's that unusual an experience. Um, Class warfare but, at its finest going on here, you know, too, is because it's, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, later we can see that Toby's capable of some sympathy and, I, and probably in part based on this just general camaraderie and the fact, you know, scoundrels tend to be a little more sympathetic towards everyone, I think mm -hmm. um, in some ways, but um it's always, yeah, immediately, I mean, you're, uh, everyone's aspiring to the greatness or, you know, and, and the people that have the status mm, don't really realize or care too much about it in this thing. You know, right. Orsino, Olivia, they're all totally dealing with other stuff. They're not really, uh, but everyone that does it, desperate to cling to it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Malvolio, lying, goes straight in there, 
throws it in their face and he has no ground. I mean, Olivia would stop him. Olivia mm-hmm. wouldn't let him, you know, Toby says yeah. uh, later, I, I feel kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Olivia would mm-hmm. get kicked out, right? No, she's, all, no, she's no. already established that, you know, yeah. when, when she sends the clown off to make sure that, mm-hmm. that Toby doesn't, you know, vomit himself into, you know, into death in his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and he's her last family member. Yeah. yeah. So how cruel of Malvolio and how telling mm-hmm. yeah. to try to remove her one last family member that she relies on. It's something that groomers do. It's something that abusers do. They isolate their target. They remove them from their family members. And the characters recognize that. Certainly the Elizabethans would have recognized that, that a young woman without any male relatives is at risk. So let's see. La 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 la. Uh, so Toby responds to this speech by singing. <laughs> this is a rough Fare- moment in this scene. Farewell, dear heart, since I must needs be gone. That's how we sang it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, oh no, don't go. You know, she she loves him. Apparently, she's very fond of him for whatever reason. And so she perhaps is genuinely worried that Malvolio has really finally crossed a line and that Toby is going to be so offended that Toby actually leaves. Mm. And then Festy gets in. Um, his eyes do show his days are almost done. Oh my gosh, poor Toby about to expire. <laughs> so Toby says, I'm not dying. And then he says, Oh, look there, you lie. <laughs> <laughs> get into this whole silly thing and then malvolio says this is much credit to you who is he talking to well it depends on yeah i mean for what you just said with the um his eyes do show his days are almost done. It depends on what you've got the clown at for you. just mentioned that to going towards mm-hmm. Toby from my dollar here. He can align himself with Toby uh, and, and Andrew and Mariah here against Malvolio and kind of throwing it back at Malvolio a little bit mm-hmm. um, on that line too. So it just depends on that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So if that's the case, then this is much credit to you is going to whoever has the status in the room. Like, Oh good. You're letting this happen. Oh, what a great job you're doing. Mm. Like that kind of thing. Uh, But that's just one way of, uh, I mean, for me, this scene is troublesome because it builds and there's a tension here, you know, uh, underlying violence to it in this song, which I, I may be inflicting upon this scene, but um, with the stakes being so high, um, and him kind of going person to person through the room there. You know? it, mm-hmm. It's always been a little troubling. Well, I think the, the song, it really brings out the fact that Malvolio is talking about endangering Toby's life if he kicks him out. You know, that these, these are real stakes here. And because they're drunk, they're treating it the way we do when we're drunk which is heavily emotional and kind of joking, but kind of not. Mm. Um, You know, there's 
a lot of spaces in between humor and tragedy that kind of bring in elements of both. And I think at our peril, we ignore that. Uh, so Bridget, I, when your actors did this, who did they say this is much credit to you? Oh, I don't remember. I'm actually wondering if this is because we do cut for time. I'm wondering if we cut some of this because I don't remember. <laughs> it's troublesome. It is troublesome. You know, and we end here, though, with one of Toby's great... Uh... I'm sorry, sorry. Did I just cut you off? No, not at all. Okay. Um, that was my one. <laughs> um, You're doing really well. The... Uh... Out of tune, sir, ye lie. Um, you know, because there, you there's an argument to be made here in this song that there's a kind of mock death of Toby that they're all talking about, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. There's a funeral. Look at him, and they're all gathering around, and this kind of thing. But this this part here really speaks to Toby, and it's not uh, convoluted. It's fairly straightforward. Art thou any more? Art any more than a steward? Mm -hmm. You know, and you got those drunk sts. Dost mm -hmm. thou think because thou art virtuous? that there shall be no more cakes and ale. Mm -hmm. You know, after all of this innuendo, all of this- Such song, a good line. All this mm -hmm. triple layers of stuff. Such it's, a good line. And so him going to that is kind of this boiling over point for me. It, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, this speaks like some kind of uh, this, this, yeah, this violent under- So you burn. think he's saying it to Toby? I think Toby's saying that to Malvolio as a result of Malvolio, um, so what I'm asking is who is who is he blaming for this when he says this is much credit to you? Who is he blaming? Because he's implying that somebody in the room is responsible for this mess. It's and responsible for the uh, this drunken debauchery. Mariah. Okay. That that was my guess too. And so that when Sir Toby says out of tune, Sir Ye lie. I took it as he's defending Mariah. Ah, mm, mm -hmm. oh, gotcha. And I mean, it really, it really goes on the staging there, you know. I mean, he's. It really does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and again, people, however you produce it is fine. You have a different interpretation; it's fine. But that was where, that was the solution that we came to here. And in a sense, she's the only one who would care about her reputation in that situation. She's the only one that that would hurt. Well, ultimately, yeah, there, she's the only um, sober. subservient one to him, too, and sober. Mm -hmm. And so that's huge, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Festy is theoretically subservient. Right, but they don't work for him, like, I guess, right, technically? Right. Like, you're not the boss. Well, of and him, even, right? even he's kind of not really the boss of Mariah either, and she could, as we've discussed before, depending on how you play it, she could technically outrank him in terms of social standing if she's a nobility from another house. But I, she's probably the only one that's really concerned about having any kind of dignity mm. for herself in that situation. And that's why I think it only hurts her emotionally if he says that. The, the rest of them are just going to laugh it off. First of all, you know, Festy doesn't care. It's his job not to be dignified. And Toby and Aggie Cheek are too drunk and much higher status. So I think, I think it's Mariah, but I have seen it played where he said it to Toby. 
Yeah. Uh, and that then Toby responds to that later. But anyway, I think he's defending Mariah. But anyway, uh, that is such a great line. Out of tune, sir. And, I, and Another, again, I can't stress enough that, you know, um, we get the farewell, dear heart, um, you know, will bid you farewell. They're mocking Malvolio's thing here. Mm -hmm. And then we we get into this uh, Toby's line, shall I bid him go? Like, who's mm -hmm. he saying that to and who about? Mm -hmm. And the clown kind of ends up, I mean, for me, this is this has always been about them. Ultimately, I've got them holding Toby back from getting Malvo. Yeah. <laughs> That's where this scene at this moment mm -hmm. ends. Like at the, shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Out of tune, sir, you lie. You know what the hell with this? I'm done with the music yeah. thing, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's not yeah. that's not the right answer. The answer is I'm kicking his ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, for saying, and I don't know. He's that's not, just one. He's, mm -hmm. No, I think that's fantastic. And I, I think, I think, that's a really dynamic way of, you know, shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare not. Why is Festy so insistent? Oh, no, you better not do that. I think holding him back from slugging Malvolio adds a lot of credibility to that line for sure. And then he's saying out of tune, sir. He said, you're the one, Malvolio. You're the one who doesn't belong here. Uh, ye lie. That's a sin. Art any more than a steward? Your hired help, man. Dost thou think because thou art virtuous? This is a little, he's implying, you know, that, uh, that Malvolio is um, pretending to be more holy than he is. There shall be no more cakes and ale. And... <laughs> guest star <laughs> my dogs are very upset at the idea of no more cakes and yeah. <laughs> as they should be is there a more shakespearean line mm. in any play <laughs> where mm. you know he's struggling with the puritans who are telling people that his plays should be illegal that they shouldn't be seen and indeed they won for a hundred years or so after his death uh, at one point they were illegal but he's saying come on we're not gonna drink and eat cake what what the fuck is wrong with you i think it's also there's some power to when you are staging it for that to be a moment where toby becomes sort of that night that he was you know yeah. where he, he can yes he drops yes. the drunkenness um mm -hmm. he he be, you know he drops the silliness and it is full of of true anger and true power i agree i agree yeah i, I think our toby looked all of a sudden six inches taller mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with that line you know dr drawing themselves up and not wavering at all and one of those moments where you wonder how drunk is Toby really all right, the time? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a real good point. And, uh, and Festy chimes in there, yeah. <laughs> and another thing, <laughs> Ginger shall be hot in the mouth, which is just a way of saying, yeah, that's freaking obvious, dude. <laughs> um, 
we're still going to have ginger. It's still going to be hot. People are still going to have cakes and ale and we're not going anywhere. And then Toby says, thou art the right. I assume he's talking to Festy there. And then turns to Malvolio, go, sir, rub your chain with crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so now the chain that he's referring to is a chain of office that the steward would have worn to let everybody know that he's the steward. And status was shown by different kinds of jewelry, different kinds of dress in an Elizabethan court. And so the steward would have a very distinctive chain. And Toby is saying, you know, just... <laughs> You have no dignity here. You know, rub your train, chain with crumbs. It means nothing. Mm. You know, without your chain, you're nothing. And then turns around, stoop of wine, Maria, just to show who's boss here. And then Malvolio, Bridget, if you would again. Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favor at anything more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it by this hand. He's going to write a sternly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a threat. That is a freaking threat. And so then uh, Maria says, ah, go shake your ears. Taking us back to the first joke that Festy made about we three and the asses heads. And so they have changed the whole definition of what is a fool. And Mariah has taken it away from Festy and Aguecheek and Toby and put it on Malvolio. Go shake your ears. And then Aguchi goes on some rambling <laughs> about how he, what, what really should happen is somebody should, you know, challenge him to a duel and then not show up. <laughs> <laughs> and then that would really make him look like a fool. And then Toby's like, man, that's a great idea. Hmm. Um, and Mariah says, no, 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 I have a plan. And, uh, she, she mentions that Cesario was in earlier. She's much out of quiet. She's emotionally wrought up as we know. And she says, let me take care of Malvolio. If I do not gull him, which means to fool into a nay word, which means, uh, a wrong vision of reality and make him a common recreation. Now, Nayward can also mean that he says something wrong and that he believes something wrong. He's just the wrong mental state and make him a common recreation. A recreation is like an entertainment in that it's a kind of a more inclusive term for the Elizabethans. It's, something that happened in that time period so but it's also the way we would think of it as something that would make people laugh do not think i have wit enough to lie straight in my bed and so here she's saying i 
I can't even lie down in my bed well enough to have sex. I know I can do it. And we believe her. Mm -hmm. uh, possess us, possess us, Toby says. And he's, that's almost a declaration of marriage in this situation. He's, he's just, he loves her so much in that moment. Yeah, he always and, loves her when she's uh, getting mischievous. Well, who wouldn't, huh? <laughs> it's very attractive. And then she says, Mary, sir, sometimes he is a kind of Puritan. And this is really important that she doesn't call him a Puritan. She calls him a kind of Puritan, meaning that he's pretending to be yeah, She's not going to give Puritan. him the gift of faith. He's, he's faking it. And so he, he has these pretensions. And then uh, Aggie Cheek says, oh, if I thought that I'd beat him like a dog. And everybody goes, what? <laughs> what? what? Yes. Yeah, he beat him like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dog, Benvolio. He has something to say. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's How no dog beating that, going man? on here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny dog. Mm. Oh, tiny dog. funny. Yeah, tiny dog syndrome for sure. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Toby says, what for being a Puritan? I mean, you don't just beat pur people because they're Puritans, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a sec. <laughs> no love for the Malvolio. Malvolio is definitely not a fan. Hi, come here, honey. Hi, here, there. <laughs> I guess it. I guess it is the opposite name, right? Benvolio, Malvolio. Malvolio. There you go. Yeah, yeah Benvolio means good boy, mm -hmm. and uh, he he lives up to it some of the time. <laughs> what a sweetheart. Uh, yeah. Okay, good boy. Down you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. He's smart enough to know the word dog. That's for sure. Um. And so, yeah, back to what for being a Puritan, the exquisite reason, dear knight. And then Aggie Cheeks, still drunk. I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason good enough. Basically saying he's got a punchable face. <laughs> um, uh, would you read Mariah's next line, please? Sure. The devil, a Puritan that he is, or anything constantly but a time pleaser. An affectioned ass that cons state without book and utters it by great swarths, the best persuaded of himself, so crammed as he thinks, with excellencies that it is his grounds of faith that all that look on him love him. And on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. Wow. And this is where we realize that Mariah is not to be fucked with. <laughs> She's the smartest person in the play, possibly one of the smartest of all his characters ever, because what she's saying is that he is so full of himself that he's easy to fool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And man, I, I just totally believe that. that. I, as a guy, is that the same thing for you? <laughs> not to make it all guy girl, but, uh, Boy, I just instantly believe that anyone can immediately be all about me. 
That's, oh no. Totally, that's just no, totally no. in my worldview at all times. Mm-mm. I and I, and I will admit that you know, I have used Mariah's method long before I saw Mariah put it so clearly <laughs> in work situations on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You have to. You have to because otherwise these kinds of people, and I'm not talking about you, John, but I'm talking about self-officious middle managers and, and those kinds mm-hmm. of people. If you aren't constantly praising them, mm-hmm. they're offended. Mm-hmm. You, Damn, a, a I lack, thought I knew it. I, I, that was my fear. A lack of respect <laughs> for them is not saying something bad. A lack of respect for them is not saying something good. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we, we, you know, we see later in, in Malvolio's self-reflection scene how incredibly mm-hmm. necessary it is to him to be seen in a, in, in a, in a, you know, benevolent and and in divine light almost. You know, well, you know, textbook narcissist in our in our language today. So, and she's saying the devil a Puritan that he is. He's not a real Puritan, mm-hmm. and the only thing worse than a Puritan was a fake Puritan. Mm-hmm. Or anything constantly. So he has no moral compass. He has no true, um, you know, he's putting himself above people, but he's he's nothing, you know, he's no pillar of morality. A time pleaser, he's just jacking off all the time. Mm-hmm. That's all he's doing is wanking off an affectioned ass, bringing back in them donkey ears that cons state without book. So he's memorizing all of these big words to put them together. <laughs> he's memorizing all these big words to put them together, utters it in great swarths. In other words, he's just talking yak, 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 yak. The best persuaded of himself. So he's convinced himself, nobody else, but that's all he really cares about. So crammed does he think with excellencies <laughs> that it is his grounds of faith that all who look on him love him. And on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. Oh my God, what a what a wonderful line. And uh, with that, let's take a break. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put my little dogs upstairs. <laughs> How about let's take five? Perfect. All right. Thank you. you get it. Okay, sure. Okay, and we're back. And so then Toby is asking Mariah, what's your plan? And would you read that for us, Bridget? Sure. I will drop in his way some obscure epistles of love, wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. I can write very like my lady, your niece. On a forgotten matter, we can hardly make distinction of our hands. Okay, so here she's saying by kind of describing him in a general way that he will see himself in this letter and that she can write very much like Olivia. And when she's talking about distinction of her hands, she's talking about a particular style of writing. In Elizabethan times, people needed to learn several different styles of handwriting. So 
in much the same way that they might use a different expression in terms of whether they would say thee or thou or you or thine or your majesty, depending on who they were talking to, they would change their handwriting based on who they were addressing or what it was about. And so you would not use the same type of handwriting to write a love letter as you would to write to the king for help or offer a present or something like that. And because everybody had to learn these really specific styles of writing, they could be kind of familiar. And if Olivia and Mariah grew up together or had the same tutor, then it's very likely that they would have a very similar handwriting in certain situations. Now, depending on Mariah's upbringing, like she might never have had the need to write a letter, say, to a king or something like that. But Olivia would have learned those things. But what she's saying is in this particular situation, uh, it's close enough that it could be assumed either way whose handwriting it was. And <laughs> Toby, back to the noses again and what he smells. Mm. He smells a device. Aggie Cheek has it in his nose too. Sure you do, honey. Mm. And then... <laughs> mm. Toby, in case we didn't get it, us rubes in the cheap seats, he says, plain as day. Would you give it to us, John? Yeah, and this is, yeah, I completely agree with you. You're going to say it three, <coughs> pardon me, three times for the, the folks in the cheap seats. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a self reflecting thing where he's really getting into Maria. You know, it, it, it's like, you know, he's who thinks, but you know what I mean? That vibe. But no, usually on stage, it's he should think <laughs> by the letter. <laughs> by the letters that thou will drop that they come from my niece and that she is in love yes. with him. It's usually something yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, mm -hmm. again, any, any way that Toby wants to play that is, it's, it's a can't miss line at that point. And, you know, what Shakespeare does over and over and over again, and this is partly, you know, his skill, certainly, but also was required at the time, because if you are taking a play on the road to all these different regions, all these different villages, they all had their own dialect, they all had their own way of phrasing, he often says the same thing in multiple different ways. Oh, and, yeah. mm -hmm. it, you know, if you've ever done a production where, you know, maybe you had a, a mixed language school that you were going to, you find ways, you know, if it's another play, let's say it's not Shakespeare, but you're making up a play, you're taking it around to schools, you find a way to incorporate words from all those different languages in what you're doing, so that it's clear to everybody what's going on. And this is what Shakespeare was doing at a time when English was not really a language yet it was more a collection of bad habits so he's trying to make it clear to everybody that's a great phrase <laughs> and then mariah says my purpose is indeed a horse of that color and sets up a joke for hundreds of years later in the wizard of oz hundreds and hundreds of yep, years the wizard of oz uh and then Aggie Cheek cleverly says, and your horse now would make him an ass. Well, that's how you get an ass. 
<laughs> you mix a horse with a donkey. And then Mariah says, ass, I doubt not. Well, who is she talking to here, really? <laughs> she calling an ass? <laughs> oh, but he's, he's, he's mad with love for her. Oh, it will be admirable. And then she says, sport royal. And then she says, her physique will work with him. That means a kind of medicine. I will plant you two. And she literally does plant them in a hedge later. And let the fool make a third. Back to that first joke. We three. <laughs> um, where he shall find the letter and observe his construction of it. For this night to bed and dream on the event. <laughs> Farewell. And I, you know, they're always just looking at her just so full of love as she, as she <laughs> leaves. And he says, good night. This is kind of your queen tavern, uh, you know, of, of, you mm -hmm. know uh, of all those roles in Shakespeare. This is one of those queen just moments. The best. For this and then what what is it mr quigley's mm -hmm. monologue on the death of falstaff mm -hmm. uh, you know those are probably if you're that actress mm -hmm. yeah you know. <laughs> yeah and then he says good night penthesilea penthesilea was an amazonian queen she was supposed to be very short and so you'll notice that all of toby's affectionate terms for mariah imply that she is short so we're guessing that it's very possibly the same short actor who plays Hermia in Summer Night's mm -hmm. Dream. Yeah. Could be. We don't know. And then uh, Aggie Cheek is a little more direct. Ah, she's a good wench. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Toby, she's a beagle, true bred. <laughs> Which is like one of the most crystal clear things that Aggie Cheek says yes. in the play. Yes. You know, right? I mean, it's just like yes. straightforward. You know, like you can tell he's actually been yes. touched <laughs> for mm -hmm, a moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. He calls her a beagle and it seems mildly insulting, but it's not really. Dogs were considered to be the ultimate in loyalty. So if you see a painting from this era or before with a dog in it, then that implies that that person was very loyal. And, and of course, most important of all, and clearly evidence of her intelligence she adores him <laughs> but you can tell he feels generally genuinely lucky about this and then mm -hmm. poor aggie cheek oh this is one of the saddest lines in will you give it to yeah, us bridget <laughs> i was adored once too yeah and then the whole audience cries <laughs> thinking of little yeah. baby Andrew Aggie Cheek in his cradle with his silver <laughs> rattle. Oh. With his silver yeah. rattle. Then that reminds Toby. Yes, <laughs> I adore your money. Let's to bed, knight. <laughs> Thou hadst need send for more money. Um, <clears throat> and then poor Aggie Cheek says, man, if I can't marry your niece, I'm broke is what that line means. Mm -hmm. If I cannot recover your niece, I am a foul way out. And then Toby says, eh, send for more money night. If thou hast her not in the end, call me cut. Foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. This is foreshadowing for the last scene. <laughs> and what he's saying by call me cut is um, consider me out of your life. Mm -hmm. 
You're not going to go for a sexual innuendo on this? I know. That's a gelding joke. I, I mean, I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's this. Good is, catch. This is, Good uh... catch. I don't know them all. That's why I do this. <laughs> Counting on you two to help me find all the dick jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, ouch. Um, and then Andrew says, helpfully, if I do not, never trust me. <laughs> Oh Andrew. oh, Andrew, take it how you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Toby's answer is to go get some more alcohol. Come, we'll go burn some sack. It's definitely too late to go to sleep now. So then we're all the way back to the beginning of the scene where he says it's too mm -hmm. late to go to bed. It's a catch. <laughs> it's lovely. You're right. It is a lovely scene. Awesome. <laughs> I knew I could convert you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, any closing comments from either of you? Do the catch. If, if you get the chance, do mm -hmm. the catch, because it's mm -hmm. a, a, a scene of explanations and uh, expositions and uh, drunk digressions. It's a much needed dancing moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perks up mm -hmm. the whole thing. <laughs> Excellent advice. How about you, Bridget? Any advice for actors or directors? Um, I think that this this scene, more than any other, for these, for sort of uh, Aguchik, Toby, Mariah, gives you an opportunity to see who they really are mm -hmm. um, in their purest selves when they're not posing or putting on airs or adapting to other people's expectations of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And for me, on top of everything else that I, I love about this scene, the slapstick, the clanging pans, and uh, mm. John, I know you said earlier, you like to give your actors lots of room. I like to squish them closer together so that they're constantly bumping <laughs> into things. That's <laughs> mm. And that feeling of confinement that you have in a small household where you're just always yeah. in each other's face. And, mm. Well, and there's such an intimacy exactly. to this thing that, mm -hmm. that Malvolio's kind of fake and soon to be diminished virtue mm -hmm. uh, just comes, you know, bursting into, you're mm -hmm. right, you know, to really mm -hmm. set, mm -hmm. set up that togetherness, that intimacy, that household. And mm. there are a few points here where you get to show somebody falling in love. And mm. this is where you get to show Toby just head over heels in love with Mariah at this point, mm -hmm. that he, he is clearly smitten from this point on. And, you know, to me, it's just kind of, it's kind of romantic on top of everything else, you know, plus <laughs> Festy just at his very best. So, uh, Anyway, thanks for uh, going through the, my favorite scene with me. And let's see. Oh, shoot. In our next scene, we go to Orsino's palace. And Orsino and Viola have a very heartfelt conversation. Uh, Festi shows up to make some very wry observations. And Orsino starts to have some uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> <laughs> 